This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hello, I'm Grace Ho, Opinion Editor for The Straits Times. You're listening to In Your Opinion, a podcast series by The Straits Times that takes a hard look at social and political issues of the day. The Selective On-Block Redevelopment Scheme, or SIRS, exercise for a few housing board blocks of flats in Amokyo attracted controversy recently. Why? Because some elderly residents found out that they had to pay up to $100,000 to move to a replacement flat of the same size. Several steps have been taken since then to support these residents. Here to help me make sense of the SIRS scheme is Sing Tian Fu, Professor of Real Estate and Director of the Institute of Real Estate and Urban Studies at the National University of Singapore. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Prof, I understand that with SIRS, you're basically getting a new flat. That sounds like a good deal to me. So can you explain to us why some of these residents were not very happy? SIRS actually, uh, as mentioned, selective form block redevelopment. So the affected owners, where the existing building or existing apartment will be replaced by a new block, so they are actually given a new flat. But not in the same location, but nearby location. So why are they not happy? I think there are many uh, factors. Different people are actually driven by uh, different motivation. And, and, and mostly, I would say, uh, those affected owners will be happy because they are able to get the a replacement of the old flat with a new flat, with a new extended 99-year lease. But there are many people who actually are quite uh, resistant to the changes as well, especially the older residents, because most of them, they have been staying the same place. They know the neighbour, they know the com- community, they know the environments for a long time. So this uh, so I mean, this selective on-block redevelopment scheme may disrupt their uh, of community network in their daily routine and so on, especially for the oldest residents. So they may find uh, this, this is what we call the anxiety of displacement uh, from the familiar environment, from the neighbor, from the neighbor, from the friends and so on. On the other hand, because I think for this particular case of Amokyo, uh, uh, sir, I think you look at the condition, I think for the for the buildings, actually these are the, uh, one of the few on block scheme where the building actually relatively old. So they're about 40 over years old. So we look at, you know, it's probably halfway through the life cycle. So in terms of replacement value or what we call the resale value, um, when you reach this stage of the age of the building, I think the replacement value will be relatively lower compared to uh, surrounding uh, property. Because Amokyo is a very popular area, mature estate, so surrounding property is very popular. So the resale, the BTO the flat, the new flat, or even the resale market value are relatively higher as well. So I think the difference between the existing value compared with the new flat value, uh, that difference in terms of the, the replacement cost may actually also cause some an unhappiness for some of these owners because they can no longer just get one-for-one replacement uh, without having to top up or without having to replenish some of these uh, shortfall in the, the price difference. Well, if we can backtrack a little, how did the SIRS scheme come about? When did it start and why was it necessary? SIRS actually have been around for a long time. I think if you, if you trace it back, it could be 
you can go back all the way to 1995. I think this idea was first mooded by then uh, Mr. Kochotong. I think at the time, the idea of this uh, is to uh, is mainly for the urban renewal and also to to actually rejuvenate older housing estate, especially mature housing estate. Because I think many of these HDB flat was built in 1970-1980 because when they reached 1990-2000, because they, they probably reached the, the time span of about 20-30 years, some of the older estates are still functional, structurally, and also physically. They are actually still sound. Still, uh, but we look at many of these estates which is built uh, in the mature estate, they have very uh, complete and very well-developed kind of amenity and also neighbourhood. So, but a lot of these buildings, when they're built in the 1970, 1980, they are not designed in the way to intensify the land use. So, I think in the sense, I think there's a need to relook in, into the uh, housing development. We actually face the land scarcity issue when the population growth when the land is actually scarce, how to intensify the land use? One way is actually through redevelopment and intensify the land use. That's how actually uh, the search scheme was actually introduced. So some of these mature estate where the amenity is quite well developed and also you have good neighborhood and good connectivity in infrastructures, con uh, transportation and so on. So I think you can actually intensify, actually bring more family into this neighborhood such that some of these amenities can be actually uh, optimized in usage and cap capacity and so on. So at the same time, because I think rejuvenating the, the housing estate, you also need to bring in new people and new family, younger family into the housing estate. There's another way to rejuvenate. We, can, we have seen a lot of these housing estate near the city center, for example, Queenstown, Bukit Merah. I think you this this was built actually some of the houses are actually built before in, before uh independence so they call SIT flat these are relatively old and then they are usually about four to five story so in order to actually uh, bring more life into this area and one way is to actually redevelop some of these estate such that we can bring more family into this uh, housing estate and create the vibrancy at the same time you also reach the objective of land intensification. Speaking of bringing vibrancy and developing and maximizing the use of these estates, now following the public outcry, the Housing Board is now offering two new options. First, it will offer three-room or larger flats on a 50-year lease if affected owners are at least 45 years old at the point of the SERS announcement. The second option, the lease buyback option, provided they are at least 65 years old. So this LBS or lease buyback scheme allows them to buy a replacement flat with a shorter lease and then sell the balance lease on their flat back to HDB. Now, there's also a latest third option, which was just announced, which is allowing residents to apply for a new flat in the same estate under a priority scheme. Now, which groups of people are you know, these two or three schemes you know, most suitable for and what are their pros and cons? Okay, first, we look at this uh, particular uh, project in Amokyo area, I think uh, there are various uh, issues being raised uh, during this. Uh, after the announcement, I think some residents are actually concerned about uh, different issues. One of them is price, pricing. I think the differential between the, the existing flat, which is a compensation cost, we determine the compensation cost, and also the replacement flat in the area, as mentioned, because Amokyo is a very popular 
mature estate. So the, the BTO prices is relatively higher compared to other neighborhood. So so in the sense, I think you are not able to get one-for-one one kind of replacement without topping up the cost. I think this pricing issue uh, is one of the concerns. And then the second issue is about uh, location. Some 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 residents actually find that the replacement flat, which is near Amokyo Avenue, fine next to the IT College, is actually relatively uh, close to the city center. Some some residents still feel that location is not ideal. I think that's that's uh, another concern. I think the third concern actually is about uh, some having to pay some of the expenses, uh, resale levy, and and so on and so forth. So as you mentioned. Uh, 50 years uh, lease instead of 99 year lease you buy a brand new HB flat with 50 years lease I think this may appeal because I think there's a age uh, requirement you need to be at 45 years and above such that when you buy a 50 year lease you can live up to 95 years right? that's one of the uh, consideration I think uh, it's also consistent with some of the policy changes uh, being introduced in 2019 when they allow people to withdraw their HDB um, they are the CPF uh, uh, saving to, to buy a reserve flat. Like then must make sure that they are able to buy uh, such that the balance lease will allow them to live up to 95 years. So so for those 45 years and above, they have a choice. I think uh, those people who do not have enough saving or do not want to actually buy another 99-year lease, they can actually choose for this option. So for this group of buyers, 51, 50 years, a uh, brand new uh, HDB flat is one option. And second group of people is actually those 65 years and above. So for those 65 years and above, mostly are retired and then they probably do not have uh, income or, or, or enough saving to top up or to, to take another finance, uh, mortgage financing to, to pay for the new HDB flat, uh, the top up cost. So I think for this group of household, one of the considerations is not just housing, they also have to worry about their retirement. So I think this buyback is one scheme where they can actually continue to live in the same flat. At the same time, they, they will receive what we call the annuity uh, to supplement their retirement saving or retirement uh, expenses. So for these two groups of households, 45 and 65 years old, they have these two choices. But again, HDB offer, as we mentioned, the new options uh, give set aside about 10% priority for the affected sir owners in the nearby HDB flat, especially in the Amokyo area. So the next one coming out is actually in August. Who will be interested in this uh, particular site, uh, PTO site? I think for those who actually are not, not uh, happy with the replacement flat location, I think this Amokyo uh, new BTO site is much more closer to the city centre, I mean the, the Amokyo centre, uh, closer to the MRT station and so on. I think for those groups who prefer to have a better location, of course, I think this 10% priority uh, will give them uh, another option to choose a replacement flat which is closer or more preferred compared to the current replacement site. Of course, I think when you look at the BTO, the the, the BT options near the Amogio uh, MRT station, the cost, the price of this BTO flat will be relatively higher compared to the placement site. So they actually, uh, if they are willing to pay uh, a price differential, they actually have a priority to live closer to the MRT station, but pay a slightly higher price. I think usually for the younger uh, family, younger buyer, I think this option may be more preferred.
Because if you want to live closer to amortization, they are looking at the longer term kind of price appreciation. Maybe the new uh, BTO flag near to the MRT station would be another uh, plus for some of these uh, younger owners who, who may not be constrained by financial financially in terms of paying up about the, the price difference. Right. Just curious, right? This wouldn't be a guaranteed slot because it's 10% priority. Right? So that's the risk that they have to consider. Yeah. I think they're about 890 unit, uh, apartment unit uh, for the upcoming uh, Ambukyo site. So probably about 89 household. So I think, yeah, on one hand, it's very competitive. On the other hand, I think for those people who really, who, who want to consider close, uh, a better location or more close, uh, preferred location, this may be another option for, for the household. As I mentioned just now, uh, for households at different stage in their life cycle, I think all of them have different constraints and different kind of uh, preference. So it's very difficult to have uh, one side fit all kind of solutions. So these different options at least will cater to uh, different residents with different constraints and different preference as well. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. Let's continue the conversation with my guest. And Prof, in addition to these official options on the table, I've also heard of some other possibilities. Shall we go through them? Right. So the first one would be low-interest financing for older Singaporeans affected by SIRS, but who still have enough income, low interest rate loans can be used only to cover top-up relocation and renovation costs. What do you think of this? Low interest financing, uh, given the current uh, interest rate environment, will be something uh, will at least give some uh, uh, saving for, for the residents, especially those people who uh, may not have sufficient uh, saving to pay up the loan. Uh, to take the financing, but I think uh, uh, for HDB flat, uh, HDB purchase, you can consider the concessionary loan from HDB, but I think harder for the HDB to provide financing for uh, renovation, uh, relocation. All these are actually uh, part of the expenses that buyers, uh, new buyers, any buyers who, who buy HDB flat, you have to look for different sorts of financing for for this. This kind of expenses, I think it's harder for HDB to consider you know, providing the renovation loans and relocation loans and so on. I think for concession room, HDB probably can actually consider um, subject to the eligibility of the household to consider to grant or extend this uh, HDB concession loan to some of the affected owner such that they can actually uh, continue to uh, be able to finance uh, the the, the cost for this replacement cost uh, flat because I think we are they are not you thinking about financing the entire purchase price because most most of this will be able to use the existing compensation to pay off uh, the bulk of this uh, purchase price I think what what they want is basically the top up if there's uh, for household who actually upgrade to a bigger unit they probably need to consider the top up it may range uh, from hundred thousands or so and 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 I think this is actually something that, that may be uh, feasible, I think, for HDB to consider, subject to, again, eligibility criteria itself, because there are some eligibility criteria depend on whether the, you are still employed and whether you have regular source of income and so on. All this, uh, in, terms of, in terms of low financing, we are talking about HDB concession, usually 
the interest rate is pegged to the CPF rate. Currently, it's about 2.6%. So um, given the rising interest rate environment, this 2.6%, which is which has been fake for a long time, I think it's a very good option for some owner to reduce the interest rate uh, risk in, 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 this, in taking out this uh, replacement flat. Now, what about the possibility of removing or reducing resale levies? Okay, resale levy will be usually imposed uh, on those actually who uh, we call the second bite. If you sell your existing flat, then you move to another flat because you already enjoy one bite of this uh, concession or the subsidy from the government. When you move, you buy another second flat, you you have to actually pay back the original subsidy or in terms resale levy. Resale levy actually vary from uh, room type, from two room, three room, four room, five room of the resale levy vary from 15000 15, to around 45000 So I think for this replacement flat, if you, put, if you purchase the first HDB flat from HDB, from HDB, when you move to another another flat, technically you consider enjoying the second bite. I think for some of these households, I think HDB will probably consider, I think probably have already uh, considered giving a favor uh, of this resale levy to some of these households who will move because this is not by their choice, it's because of this cert that they have to move on. It's, therefore, I think it's actually uh, uh, reasonable for this house to request for some waiver of this sale flat. But for those who already um, uh, enjoy some of this uh, for the second, third time, probably partial uh, with uh, waiver may be considered because I think HDB also consider if you're a second-timer, third-timer, or third timer who bought from resale flat, you probably uh, be able to get uh, smaller uh, resale levy payment in terms of, the, I think they kept it to about 30000 So these are some of the options uh, uh, provided by HDB to reduce some of these uh, displacement kind of uh, costs for some of the household. For in terms of uh, expenses, they also provide subsidies uh, for to actually uh, write off some of these uh, relocate, uh, uh, administrative costs, Sell, uh, stamp duty and so on. Some of these actual expenses have already been included in some of these rehousing packages as well. Well, here's an interesting one. What about flexible leases which are even less than the currently offered 50 years? So maybe say 30 years? Will this cause market and price distortions? They're not quite in favour of having shorter leases because 50 years leases already uh, a new new uh, kind of models. It's very, very, very new and it's not easy to price it. I think if you create a lot more uh, options by having a shorter lease, 10 year, 15 year, you create a lot more uh, what we call the price distortion. If you are not able to price it correctly, you may actually uh, invite a lot of this uh, rent-seeking behavior. People may buy uh, different leases and then they may subsequently want to renew, extend and all this. So it's very difficult from the uh, administrative perspective and then this, if you set the precedence of these variations, then you also create a lot more challenges in the future sir, as well because you're going to implement, you're going to manage all different leases uh, at, at, dif at different length. I think 50 years uh, leases is, on one hand, is flexible. It's not too long and also it's also long enough for people to live at least up to the 95 years. For, for those who, who are in the 45 years, they probably can sell it as well in the, after five years if they want, if they do not want to uh, uh, continue to live in the same place. I think uh, if you have a 
very short leases, then it become purely for what we call the consumption purposes. Because it's difficult, you know, if you have 15-year leases, you know, after five years you want to sell it, it's very difficult for them to sell it for the balance leases. But 50 years, there's still some upside, even though the upside may be smaller compared to a 99-year lease kind of options. So these are some of the considerations. When you introduce a policy, uh, they may drive different behavior. So we have to be very careful in you know, managing some of these variation. So I think 50 years leases uh, is a new concept. It's also uh, not just for this particular uh, concept because if you be able to price it effectively, you may also consider in the long term whether uh, people will still uh, want to buy 99-year lease. It's a shorter leases, uh, more more uh, uh, appealing to many others uh, buyers as well. I think these are the more this is more of the importance uh, uh, concept that we can actually test up using this this uh, particular uh, case because I think shorter leases have been discussed uh, many years ago, but at the time it was not introduced because many households still prefer. 99-year lease, even though 99-year lease are more expensive, I think given the high uh, housing cost, uh, same price uh, in current situation, I think 50 years may be another option. So in this particular case, we have to see how how's the response from the resident to, to this 50 years lease. Then actually HDB can evaluate in the future. And as we wait for this you know, response to the 50-year lease, let's cast our minds towards the future. Uh, there's going to be even more of an ageing housing stock in time to come. So how do you think the government should balance the need to provide affordable housing with Singaporeans' expectations that the HDB flats will appreciate in value? That's a very Singaporean thing to do. Uh, do we need to recalibrate their expectations that the goal of public housing should be just to provide a roof over one's head and not as an asset to profit from. Housing, home ownership scheme, when it first uh, moved in 19, early 1960, I think the idea was not just to provide a, just a roof because if you just provide a roof, I think rental housing may be a better option because at the time, I think the government objective is to actually want people to also build uh, sense of ownership and also sense of uh, kind of uh, belonging as well because I think uh, when the when the country first gained independence there are a lot of this uncertainty of people wanting to service the national want, want to contribute into national service and so on I think this idea was uh, molded because I think at the time the founding PM feel that it's important to give a piece of uh, asset to the res- to the resident as well because and this asset is not just uh, provide the consumptions, I mean the housing uh, requirements. Actually, you provide a hope for them to actually uh, work hard. And when the economic grow, your asset value will grow over time. I think this on concept of uh, uh, combining the housing need and also the asset is still important today. So I think even to the residents, you know, uh, given the high house price, I think a lot of them still feel that uh, housing, especially the HDB flat, is still one of the most uh, the bigger asset many of the households will have. I think this asset is important, especially to provide the kind of uh, safety net when they actually retire. Even though I think uh, we also face challenges, I think now moving forward, whether uh, the value of this asset continue to 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 be preserved, you know, when we reach 
50 years, 70 years, what will happen to the value of this uh, asset with the depreciating leases? I think there is something that the government is looking into it. So I think verse is another uh, options being considered when your houses reach 70 or 75 years. What will happen to the balance leases? Will, will you still be able to sell it uh, at a reasonable price? Will the price depreciate after that because of decaying leases? These are some of the challenges. I mean, the fundamental uh, of this housing, where they serve dual function, which on, on one hand, which is serve the housing need, on the other hand, it actually provide the wealth or the asset uh, value for, for household. I think it's still very important because I think by having a house at least, uh, it creates a certainty for many people to actually work hard and also to have some aspiration to upgrade as well. I think in Singapore, housing is policy actually provides a lot of uh, um, protection for household, especially in the rising housing prices. We can see many cities, many countries that face uh, serious problems of housing price, uh, unaffordable housing price problem. You look at uh, many cities, Hong Kong, uh, even many cities in China and so on, I think a lot of young uh, family or young residents, they find it difficult for them to actually afford to buy a house. I'm not talking about the house with such a big area. You know? Singapore actually, the public housing actually make, provide certain kind of protection or again, this uh, price fluctuation in the private market. So, when you look at housing, actually housing is also important, what we call the social uh, kind of uh, uh, compact or social mobility kind of uh, driver because a lot of these family when the children, when their parents own have the house you know they create kind of stability and job I think we can see a clear pattern of social mobility the children actually perform better they go to the neighborhood school they actually get a job and then subsequently they also upgrade and get a get a better houses in our research shown that uh, more than 60% of the residents in the 60% uh, kind of uh, residents, in fact, their children uh, perform better in terms of housing mobility. So this actually clearly shown, this housing actually, not just uh, housing need, also provides the kind of social mobility for a lot of residents as well. So if you look beyond just the physical space and the, the asset value, I think there are a lot of important factors behind this housing policy that drive the social mobility as well. This is very unique uh, to our Singapore society. And on that note, thank you, Professor Singh, for coming on our show. Thank you very much. And that's a wrap for In Your Opinion, a podcast series by The Straits Times. I'm Grace Ho. Don't forget to share this podcast episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to read my articles or check out the opinion section of The Straits Times, we have links in our podcast text description below. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.